You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 131, Diamond Head. Hosted by Dan Terry. Literally walks over, starts shaking everybody's hand. Like, hey, hey, how's it going? Yeah. Got any of the good shit? Josh Baldridge. I get friends calling me going, hey, man, could you get me in? And he's like, go buy tickets. <laughs> and Joseph Wren. We used to have interludes in the show when Dan forgot what asking. he was looking for. Don't you ever. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think Diamond Head is a really shitty Metallica cover band, you are clearly not ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. Yeah. And if you are, Josh is going to set the record straight for everyone. You bet your sweet ass, Joe. You ever wonder where Metallica got their sound? <clears throat> Basically right here. The new wave of British heavy fucking metal. Straight out of your ass. The Nawobum. Hmm. <laughs> No, no yeah. wobum is that? No, boom, boom, boom. Is that like a, the, the new way? The wobum, no wobum. Yeah, well, thanks, Lars. Yeah, that that kills me. The new wave of British heavy metal. Isn't there an easier way to call it what it is, guys? Bands that sound like Iron Maiden, English and, metal, and, and Saxon, and Saxon. Yeah. yeah. Why aren't we talking about Saxon? Fuck, I don't know. Do you guys want to hear Saxon? Hit Dan up. Hit me up. We'll talk about Saxon. It'll be a saxy good time. <laughs> You're a clever guy. I think what's interesting about Diamond Head is that they have so many ups and downs. That's an understatement. I, I can barely even comprehend the type of changes that this band has gone through throughout their career. And I, I'm, I'm having trouble figuring out how they didn't get more popular despite having a push from the biggest band in the world. They were their own worst enemy, that's why. <laughs> No, thanks. We don't need the popularity, Metallica. We're I think good. it's the same story with a lot of bands. There's always just one guy in the band that just doesn't want to do anything. Who fucks it up for everyone else. Totally. What has life taught you about that guy, Dan? Don't, don't be that guy. Don't listen to him. Kick him out of the band. I've been that guy. James is like, guys, you really, do you want to open for us? Like, do you want to go on the road? They're like, nah, we're okay. We like where we're at. Are you sure? But it's the truth. Metallica did every damn thing but physically make these guys go and tour with them, and they They said, did tour with Metallica. Did they? Yeah. When? Oh, I don't know. That's a bit. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. They I did. Don't. It was like it was like whenever Diamond Head came back because this is a band that basically released two out al- or three albums via their own career, their own promotion, all that shit. And basically just disappeared into obscurity because the third album, as we'll get to, holy fuck, is a little a uh, little different than what we would what we would really want as fans of heavy metal. It's just not pretty, but hey, it starts off classic as fuck when it comes to metal. Well, before we start talking about some classic as fuck British heavy metal. I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. You know, guys, Joe wasn't lying about how much it helps us out. Rate, review, and subscribe. It's the lifeblood of podcasts. Blah, blah, blah. You guys have all heard me make this speech. But seriously, leave us a review. Leave us whatever you think we deserve. We are on so many different podcast platforms. I can't even keep them all straight anymore. So if, if you're if you're listening to this on a podcast app, 
that I don't know about or, or that lets you leave a review, leave us a review. We want to hear from you guys. Please. We appreciate it. Zayo came to St. Louis last week. No, they didn't. And then I did. <laughs> Dan's just not coming down from that high. I think he just now sobered up, too, when this was a while ago. I'm starting over again, though, tonight, so we'll see where I'm at by the end of the episode. I think uh, the Zayo show was one of the greatest things that I've done this decade. See, the band hasn't been to St. Louis in like 13 years. As a matter of fact, they were trying to figure it out on stage, and they still couldn't figure it out. They're like, how many years has it been since we've been here? Which is ironic since their biggest fan of all fucking time lives here. I know. That's what, I, that's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Makes zero sense. No, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we, we we hung with the band for a little bit, gave them some beer. It was kind of awkward. I kind of felt like Forrest Gump because I was like, hey, guys, I brought you this beer. I drank some. You know, and, beer I, was and good. I did. But uh, they, they took the leftovers after the show and then rocketed right out of town. Totally. But, yeah, the Zayo guys were a lot of fun. They played hard. Uh, there was a band that played before them called Hollow Earth that really caught my attention. I think Jeff actually bought uh, bought their LP. Hey, y'all. So I'll have to go over to his house and steal that because I just, you know, I, I spent like what? How much did I spend on beer? Like it's like 100 bucks or 80 bucks or something like that. Undisclosed for the purposes of this podcast. Copious amounts of alcohol is required. Dan's like, my lunch money, I saved it all week. I know, dude. I was like, I was like dude, are you serious? I love Zayo, but ugh. But I still managed to, to scrape together enough cash to get a, Zay, a new Zayo shirt. So now I've got like 30 14. Zayo shirts. Yeah. they all, But they're all different sizes. So it definitely adds credence to that joke of I wake up in the morning and look at my closet. And I'm like, which Zayo shirt am I going to wear today? Ah, that's kind of funny. Hint, the new one. It was really cool. Got a really cool screen printed poster from Zayo. It was awesome. Did not have them sign it because I went and saw them last year in Indianapolis and I like made them all stand there in a line and sign all my stuff. Like the true fucking fan he is. Yeah. This time I was all like, welcome to my town. Let me take you guys around. They were pretty impressed that we we're allowed to legally just stand in the street and drink. Yeah. Nobody in San Louis is going to stop you for that. Uh, apparently, apparently that's like not legal anywhere else. Because for the longest time on this podcast and even on my other podcast, people are always making fun of me about... They're like, Dan just said he went to a gas station and bought a whole bunch of beer. Apparently, that's not common. Yeah, no, we do that a lot here. Sorry. You can buy beer pretty much anywhere in Missouri. Yeah. Chuck E. Cheese, beer. Yeah. 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 I mean, wherever. <laughs> to live here, you have to be drunk 24 hours a day, and that's pretty much how we live our lives here. <laughs> really is. That's probably where all the metal comes from. That's where we, that's right. We have metal and beer. That's all we got to offer here to keep us alive. Well, Diamond Head has some stuff to offer us. Tell they, me about Diamond do. Head. They got some stuff to offer us. Oh, my goodness. They got really good stuff. They got really bad stuff. And then they have really good stuff again. Well, why don't we start <laughs> end, end of episode? We'll see you guys next week. Tape it. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, in 1980, they released Lightning to the Nations. Yes. And Diamond Head had been around for a while before that, just trying to like... 70s at least. Yeah. And you could hear that. Yes. Heavily. Uh, Lightning to the Nations is a classic heavy metal album which I, you would definitely say is part of the new wave of British heavy metal. Very mean-sounding riffs, kind of where you're like, wow, we're playing with distortion now in a way that makes us sound a little bit more evil than our peers. It's kind of Black Sabbath-ish. A little bit. Like, when you think of that sense, it's that. I Everything think it's in little... 1980 was Black Sabbath-ish, yeah, I mean, though. But, but with them being an English band and coming from over there, I don't... Like, when I think of Iron Maiden, I don't think of them as Iron Maiden yet. I think they're a little darker than Iron Maiden at this point. Well, I don't know about that. If you factor in the first two Iron Maiden albums with Paul Diano singing, you get kind of the same vibe. Uh, you're wrong, Dan, but that's fine. I <laughs> <laughs> 
We'll give it a tie and call it a, call it a I'm day. I'm sorry. I thought I was Disgust Metal Dan. Were. Oh, okay. Now you're it's, Disgust Metal it's Dan. It's all in the same vein. We'll agree with that. Iron Maiden was more melodic than this. Yes. They definitely twin guitar sound, more harmonies. But I think Paul Diano from Iron Maiden had a little bit more... If you want to call it a more uh, edge to his voice, yes, yeah, yeah. He, I know, I know, I know where you're going. I know what you're talking about. I wanted to say brutal, but that doesn't really apply here. What I like about this record is just all the rock and roll vibes. Yeah, it's, it's there. Didn't used to be such a fine line between metal and hard rock. This is your crossover band. Some of these riffs, when I hear them, I'm like, fuck. I'm like in the middle of America, like getting getting just blitzed off of Bud Lights and ready to get my Camaro and drive it down the road. Yeah, and this we don't endure. We don't endorse drinking and driving. No, we do not. It's bad. Drink an Uber. That's what we suggest. Or Lyft, whatever you are. Well, we didn't have Uber back in the 80s, so. No. We weren't alive in the 80s. What are you talking about? I was. I was alive in the 80s. Not the early 80s. I I wasn't alive when this album came out. No, but you know who was alive? Metallica. Metallica. And they fucking loved this band. This is one of the bands that they were influenced by heavily. And if anybody who follows old school metal knows, they had... A compilation album called Garage Inc. that had so many songs from this band. And particularly this album. Pretty much album. had this whole album. Yeah, <laughs> this this album almost. To the a Prince, Am yeah. I Evil, It's Electric, Helpless. And for good fucking reason. I mean... I would consider those songs to be greatest hits yes, of Diamond Head. Yes. And I admit, I know about them because of James Hetfield, but that's not a bad thing. That's like no. saying Zayo is a Dan Terry greatest hits band. That feels like you got to go check this stuff out. And we're like, all right, James, we'll look. Hopefully I won't be saving Zayo from obscurity. I will say that what I liked about this first Diamond Head album is how evil it sounds. Very evil. And not, not just because of like, oh, my God, am I evil? Yes, I am. Am I evil? It's that obviously that song's on here. But what I liked about this album is that they kept the lyrics relatively like metal tropey. I think even at the time it would have been considered generic with how obsessed with like evil and death and Satan they were. But I'm kind of okay with it because it's such a classic throwback for me. Maybe I would have criticized it more in the 80s, but for what it is now as a throwback, it's great. Well, not too many bands, if any, were really doing this, so it's kind of a, it's kind of the start of something. Over here in America, this, other than Black Sabbath, I mean, you don't really have that many bands over here that sound like this. Thus is why this comes from overseas as opposed to starting here. Sean Harris had a really smooth voice which I thought was interesting because whenever you take a song like I Am Evil, he, he delivers it so smooth. Yeah, My so mother cr- was a witch. So she creepy at the same time. Alive. Yeah, like, and it's it's not like Metallica who basically just came in and just manned all the way through it. So what I, what I really like about this delivery is that it kind of, in the same way that Ghost evokes evil, is kind of the same way that Diamond Head evokes evil. Yes. It's so beautiful, it must be evil. Has to be. Right, but I mean, obviously the riffing and the, everything that leads up to that is so dark sounding. Like, dah, nah, 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 and then it goes into that solo. It's just, or it's not really even a solo. It's just finger tapping. You That's know? right, yeah. It's a little and it, lead. And that's kind of what I like about Diamond Head, especially on their first two records, is that they are kind of sloppy. Yeah, they're not technical by any means. These aren't guys who were, you know, professional musicians sounding. No, they they started in a garage in 1970 somewhere. And Some were of like, these guys probably just learned to play their instruments within the last few years of recording this. Yeah, and they're like, dude, if we could, if I could sew a patch onto my forehead, I would. Exactly. Which leads us into that second album, which I thought was just as good as the first album. Oh my god, dude! Borrowed Time is actually a huge step up. From Lightning to Everything. the Nations. It's, it's, it's sound quality, production, 
technicalities. Very similar to the differences between Kill 'Em All and uh, Ride the Lightning. Oh, huh. Seeing a pattern here, huh? It was kind of well, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. you'll well you'll see. <laughs> My favorite thing about these classic Diamond Head albums is that they show off the ingredient that would become thrash metal. Yes, it's the new wave of British heavy metal, but thrash in America in the 80s, that Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax. Fuck you. And of course, Slayer. You can tell that Diamond Head had a piece of that. I get the same feeling listening to Blue Oyster Cult with how melodic it was. The previously mentioned Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, British Steel, and Black Sabbath. Diamond Head plays the melody and the chords a lot more Blue Oyster Cult-ish than, say, a Judas Priest, which was trudging on the open A and the open E. And Motorhead has to be in there, too, but that's a completely different animal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's nothing to disagree or dispute with that. The biggest step up on this album is the way the drums sound. Don't they sound huge? Yeah. Like they're playing, like it's finally got that classic heavy metal sound. Lars gave him some advice. Lightning to the Nation <laughs> sounds like it was recorded in a fucking garage. Which it probably was, given how most of these bands in that era started. So, you know. Borrowed Time sounds like a studio album. Yeah, the, the guys got their out, shit together. Put out by a label. The songs are catchier. They're, they've got more hooks to them. The music sounds better overall. Like, you don't have as many, like, blatant mistakes on the recordings. No. As you did on Lightning to the Nations. Like, we didn't care. No, because it was just album, fucking a good intro to a good band. With Borrowed Time, there's clearly a producer involved who's like, no, play it again. Yeah, that's not, you can do that one better. Totally. Play that drum track better. And I think the issue is, is that this record sounds a little bit more commercial. And it kind of makes me sad because I kind of feel like this is their peak. Yeah. This early into the discography. Um, just that they, they, they have never sounded this good up to this point yeah. and like to me I almost would consider this to be their first album because it's it's them showing their best side. Album one's a demo. Totally is a demo. What I think's weird about Borrowed Time is just that, like how sing-songy some of the songs are but with him also having like super fucked up lyrics. Uh, I'm going to read a little bit of my favorite if I, if I can Joe if that's allowed. Do it. In the chorus of Borrowed Time he says I have loved I have lost. You're like aww. That's, that's sweet. Yeah, then he's like, I have killed those who have loved me so. Wait, what? What the fuck did you just say? Can you say? back up? What was that last part? Yeah, and then, you know, Lord, I don't know. I'm living on borrowed time. So you realize that, like, this isn't some guy that's, like, down on his luck and is, and is you know, maybe has a terminal disease or something. And No, this guy's fucking killed people and worships Satan. And he's he's people are tracking him down trying to kill him. But in a very melodic way. Totally. Well, and he, he, you know, the Satan thing isn't just inferred. He goes to search for love, to search for love. All in my heart, it's is love enough, or is enough love? As Satan's child, I stand alone in hand. I'm a nomad of this desert, barren lands. I'm like, fuck, dude. I can't figure out if you're trying to make us feel sorry for you, or if you're just going back to the whole. Huh. You guys remember, my mother was a witch. That's right. Just wanted to let you know. Oh, so this is stuff. the album where he's on the run. Totally. Oh yeah, they caught him the first time sacrificing children, and now he's like, "Shit, I'm on, I'm out of here." Damn it, they're on to me. And then what happens after this? I don't fucking know. I well, here's here's I'm a in, couple of things I'm going to say about borrowed, the borrowed time era. So Sean Harris is their lead singer and uh, their guitar player as well, and rhythm guitarist. Been in the band all the way, you know, since 1976. 
He has an amazing vocal delivery. He has evil lyrics. You could see you could see James Hetfield sitting there being like, wait a minute, that's a great idea. Write that down. Write that down. I think really my big issue with it is that he's so good as a metal vocalist and rhythm guitarist, yet it's going to come out later on in their career that he doesn't really like heavy metal. Which will blow your fucking mind. It's so weird to me because I, you know, I feel like there aren't very many people out there that like liked Slayer for a year and then moved on to something else. It just I don't see that. Who does things like that? Yeah, I don't I don't see that in metal. So it's gonna be really weird to see the direction that they took on Canterbury. Hey, let's start a metal band to get famous and then let's totally change it what we're doing. Here's my question about the early eighties heavy metal. The line between hard rock and heavy metal was very thin as far as what you were in the popular music genre. Def Leppard was called heavy metal. Then they were called hard rock really fast. I just call them shitty. Is Diamond Head trying to be hard rock and they were just lumped in with heavy metal because of where they started? No. 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 <laughs> That's a resounding no. Lighting to the Nations and Borrowed Time are metal albums through and through. They check off all just, the boxes for metal. Just, I mean, Yeah, just with the chord progressions, how heavy the riffs are, the solos. Lyrical content. Lyrical content for sure. I they, don't know what happened yet. Maybe they, maybe they didn't write. Like at this point, they've got the fame enough for them. And now he's like, I want to do what I really wanted to do in the first place. And that was sound folk and poppy. But they don't really have the fame he might have in their eyes i mean diamond head was never a huge band what 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 joe you have it up what year did this come out 83 is that what that says yes so this comes out 83 in england and at the same time kill em all is being released it's hard it's hard to to think that these guys when this album comes out influence one of the greatest thrash metal bands of all time well that first record is metal as fuck though. yeah i but did you hear this shit it's like what what the shit is this? It's 1983, <laughs> and Photograph was about to make the airwaves. Eh, fuck that. I'm sorry. I, no, this uh, is clearly <clears throat> pandering. This is like, guys, you got to start writing songs that are for people, like real people to listen you want, to. You gotta Sounds have, like every record label ever. Totally. You got to have 50% chicks, and they don't like shit about Satan. This is, right. <laughs> this is this is kind of the uh, kind of the Black Album moment that every band goes through. We talked about it with Death Angel, except those guys just kept it metal and didn't care what anybody thought. Thank you again, fellas. Thank you, Death Angel. I hate this album. Everything to do with it. Canterbury I is a pop rock album. It. it is. It is. I don't even want. To, I didn't even want to give it a chance. Just listen to how weak the guitar is. It is nothing on this is great. How is nothing. an album that came out in 1980, written in 1979, have a crunchier fucking riff department? The answer is this album had a producer. Yeah, well, he was a stupid producer. Well, did he make him just rewrite their songs? He, and I would have believed that if they would have put this album out and then immediately the next album they put out was like... Metal again? Metal as fuck. I just would like to know, yeah, was it a combination of the lead singer wanting to change the sound and the producer going along with it? Was the producer making him change their sound? I'm going to blame it all on Sean because he's not in the band anymore. Yeah, Sean, what were you thinking, guy? Fuck you, Sean. I mean, even your next album. I mean, come on, guy. Canterbury's just... It sucks, Dan. There's nothing to say about it. It fucking sucks. It's bullshit. It's a shitty 80s rock album. Yeah. This is cheesy. This is like Kiss or some bullshit like that. And trust me, like, there's Sorry, plenty of... There's plenty of... <laughs> there's plenty of other way better places to look for good 80s hard rock. 
You guys can skip this album, hands down. I give it a negative one out of ten. And this is why the band is uh, relatively obscure. This was kind of their last album as the original Diamond Head. Yeah, this next album doesn't get better for you either, guys. Sorry. One more thing on Canterbury. Hit me, Joe. It was produced by Mike Shipley. Mike Shipley is known for producing Crybaby, oh. Def Leppard, Get Out of Here, and Devo. Devo. Here, I remember what I was talking about, how there's a lot better places to look. Remember what I said about that 80s hard rock pop thing. Who approached who? That's what I want to know. Did he want to work with them, or do they want to work with him? Yeah, he, did, he did Pyromania. It like, was 1983. That was fine. Yeah, but They Def wanted Leppard- to make money. The Def record Leppard label said always, you need a producer if you're going to record an album, Def even though Leppard they had already always, done two. Def Leppard always has and always sounded like the same band. It's not like Def Leppard started out as a metal fucking band and then sounded like this bullshit. I mean, did they walk into the studio and they're like, hey, you guys remember Borrowed Time? Yeah. You remember Lightning of the Nations? Yeah. Yeah. Well, forget all that. Forget it. <laughs> I just this, We're not going to do it. This, this kind of thing pisses me off with a band like this. Like... I just don't know how you can 180 from this shit. You're, this is, uh, I'm done. I'm done with this album. It just fucking frustrates me with a band like this. You want to try something and do something different? I'm all for it. I have no problem with trying something cool and different. This is this is it. This is like, this isn't a travesty to metal. That's all there is to it. You can't have the first two albums that have the influence you did on so many American metal bands and then put shit like this out and stamp your name on it. Well, let's recap what's going to take place in the next 10 years for Diamond Head. They basically broke up Yeah. after this because this is still shit. You can, you can take something and cover it up with a pop sheen, but if it was always shit, it's going to still be shit. This did not catch on like Def Leppard did. It didn't catch on like Devo did. It just didn't work, and I think it's just the material wasn't good. It doesn't even sound like their hearts were in it. No. It's just really disappointing. This is also the 80s when there was no way an artist could put out an album and accept that it fails, immediately reverting back to their original sound. You couldn't say, oh, guys, we're sorry about this one. Um, 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 am I evil? Yes, I am. No, the fans, the general public would not allow that to happen. It's always about the newest album at this point. That is the band. To be honest, I don't think this got in the ears of most of the general public. I don't think that they really caught on as a band. No, the ones that who hated this album <clears throat> were their hardcore fans, and that's where I mean that's why they break up. They their, break their up. Their fans fucking hated this album. But by 1993, who was really popular? Guns and Roses, Metallica. Metallica. I mean, if we're talking American band, but Metallica, Nirvana was yeah, one of the first bands. Metallica was one of the first bands to be like, guys, Diamond Head. Seriously. Yeah. You guys like Metallica? Diamond Head put out these two albums. They're incredible. We're covering a whole bunch of the songs from the first album. That's why I gave this band a listen was because of that. When James Hetfield says, guys, check it out. You fucking check it out. check it out. He knows what he's talking about. And I would agree with James all the way until we get to Canterbury. What's crazy is that Metallica was like, check these guys out. And they they started reprinting the albums. Yeah. Yeah. They started getting, you know, it's got to be weird, right? You're at Sean Harris's house, and the postman comes up, and he's like, hey, uh, got a, got, got something for you. And it's like a fucking royalty check for like four grand. You know, it's like, holy oh, shit. Crap. Okay. Yeah, let's re-release wow. this motherfucker. Yeah, dude, let's do it. So they come back briefly with Metallica. Metallica's giving them the attaboy. You we're, can do it. Get up gonna, back up there on the horse. We're going to take you guys out on the road. We're going to tell people you're our, our biggest influence. And it didn't work. It didn't work because... 
yeah, they'd get up and play Am I Evil and some of the old hits. But it was around this time that Sean, their lead singer, was like, dude, I, I don't really like being associated with the new wave of British heavy metal. Which is mind-boggling, but whatever. I'm all about whatever pays me. He's a hired gun, and that sucks. I think part of the reason why the Metallica push didn't work was just because it was clear that his heart wasn't in it. No. You know, you see Metallica in 1993, and it's all fucking energy. Hit after hit after hit after hit. And then Diamond Head comes out there, and you know, you know, you know a few of their songs. And the singer's just like, yep, I'm just up here getting a paycheck. Cashing it out. See you tomorrow. Exactly. And he, he just wants to move away from that style. But he's like, I don't want to give up the Diamond Head name because oh, it, no. had, it had started becoming profitable for them again. Sure, I need the money. So they're like, well, we have to put a new album out. And they did. It's called Death and Progress. Which, uh, yeah. It's better than Canterbury. It is better than Canterbury, but by a pubic hair. It's like 9% better <laughs> yeah, than it's, Canterbury. It's like it's like a quarter of a dick better than this. That, I don't know it. how I would feel about this in 93, because it's not grunge. It's not classic rock. And it definitely does not sound like the Black Album. Do you remember when we talked about that band Bride? He does, yes. Jess, Joe remembers the band Bride. Yes, I remember when we talked about Bride. They're doing what Bride was doing. They're trying to do what all of the 80s bands did in 1993, where they're like, we can't just sound like we used to sound because now everybody wants to talk about Alice in Chains, which we also did that recently. Oh, we want to sound like Nirvana. We want to sound like Bush, all these hard rock bands. How do we be hard rock but be better than those grunge bands? You don't. We That's play. The we, no, they did. Some did, though. Uh, Aerosmith did pretty good in the 90s, basically being a band, you know, an older band that was playing a more modern style. They basically were playing hard rock, but with like, with the caveat of, yeah, but listen to us, we can play and we still have a shredder and we can still play cool songs and, and solos and stuff. It just sounds like that they it's not what they want. It's like they were being paid to do that. It doesn't sound like they were trying to. Well, Bride um, was the same way. They put out an album called Snakes in the Playground, which was very similar to this musically, where it was a 80s rock and metal's response to the 90s. And it's going to satiate fans of those bands. But for a band like Diamond Head that doesn't have the rabid fan base that like an Aerosmith has, or even Bride had, they put this out, and for most people, this is a new band, and they're not playing a new style. So it sounds super dated anyway by 1993, and it's just sappy as fuck. Yep, it's not a good album. It doesn't have any any of the aggression of the old Diamond Head in it. No aggression. There's nothing memorable. It's not a great production. And keep in mind, who are they touring with? Metal bands. Yeah. How'd you like to? How would you like to go? Yeah, Sea Slayer, Metallica, and then this band opens up, and you play this, you know, this soft. Bon Jovi sounding bullshit. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, I mean, no joke. Can you just, can you fucking imagine? It's like... Uh, that is a bridge I was not planning to cross, Josh. I'm glad you did it. Though. I don't have a problem. And, and it's, you know, it's nothing against Bon Jovi. They did their own thing. They had their own sound. It worked for them in the 80s and 90s. This is a band that has influenced one of the best songwriters of all time, trying to hang 10 years later. And it sucks. It really sucks. He could have done this earlier and been just fine. Would this album have redeemed Canterbury if it was released in 1985? Or would we be comparing it to Master Puppets in that it was nowhere near as good as that album? No, I would be comparing it to their first two albums, and that would be the problem. They set the bar so fucking high on those first two albums that if they don't even come in anywhere hot close to that, then it just sounds 
like regurgitated 80s bullshit. So does this album fail because it's too 80s for the 90s, but it doesn't adapt to what an album would sound like in 1993? Can a band that started in the 70s, whose first release was in 1980, who was a necessary part of the new wave of British heavy metal, release an album in 1993 that doesn't sound like the Black Album? Yes. But I don't believe what I'm hearing. It's just not, I mean, it, it would have to, but it's not even a good sounding album. There's I mean, no it would, heart in it. No, it, it would have to be, if it, if there was some aggression, if there was, you could tell that there was some balls behind it, even if it sounded 80s, I can buy that. I can ride along with that. But like, yeah, like Dan said, there's no heart in this. You can tell that it's just, there's a no, there's a zero fucks given on these two albums. There was Clearly. absolutely, well, and there was absolutely no, um, there was no cohesion in the band. It was all dysfunction. And by the time this was even released, the band was pretty much ready to split up anyway. If they hadn't really on paper anyway. Well, they had basically, yeah, the album came out. They, there was no touring on it or, or any kind of real push for it. Other than the fact that Metallica was like, hey, you guys should check these guys out. I mean, they gave them a fucking free ticket. But and they'll they redeem just, themselves, Dan. They just don't. No, not for a while, they won't. Hey, but they do eventually. They tried getting the band back together between 1993 and 2005 a yeah. few times. But Sean Harris, being a douche, was just like, I don't want to be metal. I want to be John Denver. Then yeah. be John Denver from the very fucking beginning and don't start this band. And he goes, I don't want to use the name Diamond Head because people are going to expect it to be metal. Gee, fucking shocker there. And so... I'm angry on this one, just so everyone's aware. Eventually, <laughs> eventually, him and the rest of the band part ways, and they hire a new singer named uh, Nick Tart, and they put out an album called All Will Be Revealed in 2005. To be clear, the album was called All Will Be Revealed. It was released in 2005. If this album had been called All Will Be Revealed in 2005, I would be accusing it of ripping off NES, insert name of Japanese game. This sounds like, uh, like this album reminds me of like 80s hair metal sound. This sounds like Dan <laughs> called me and said, hey, dude, I got this sweet idea for a new song. And it was a cassette that he had recorded in his basement and said, I need you to put vocals down on this. All right, we're going to re-record the music, right? No, no, no. It's got to sound exactly like this. Because everything in the middle sounds like it was recorded on a four-track cassette player. The drums sound worse than they ever have. But the vocals have that 2005, hey, I used to be in a thrash metal band sound going on, so this one doesn't sound the best. Yeah, and the fucking sad thing about it, it still sounds better than Canterbury does. <laughs> like, like it's a generic sounding album, but you it still sounds better. You at least believe this yeah. one. Yeah, you at least, yeah, there's at least some, some semblance of an effort behind it as opposed to the last album. I disagree. The reason I disagree is because I had really high expectations whenever I went into this, when I was listening to all these albums, because let's be honest, guys, I'm not a huge Diamond Head fan. I'm like, okay, so the asshole in the band's gone. Yeah, so so now, they can go, now they can go on to become, you know, fucking masters of the universe and, and release epic sounding metal songs like they did back in the 80s. And maybe that's not fair. It's totally not fair. I think it was a progression. I think they were working their way towards they it. They got a new... No, they weren't. This is, this is fucking painful. I didn't this say is, it was good. Is, I just is, said it was better than Canterbury. This is garbage hard rock. Shit is. It's not even. It's not even. It's not even like. It's not really aggressive. It just has like good guitar distortion. Yeah. And like Joe said, it kind of still largely sounds like shit overall. Shit the is shit, but it's still better than some of their other albums that they put out. The vocalist is good, but it's clear he just thought he signed up to be in a metal band. Yeah. He sounds metal. The rest of them do not. They don't. They they just sound like old guys playing hard rock, and it's like it's like 2007's ver or 2005's version of dad rock. 
Uh, you know what I mean? It's just not. Uh, this dude wants to be metal, and he signs, shows up, and Skid Row is playing in the background. It's just, it's just <laughs> dudes drinking Budweisers, trying to fix up that old Camaro. Yeah. It just it doesn't work for me, and it was really painful to listen to because I know that Diamond Head as an entity is better than this. Yeah. And they have been better than this. This isn't horrible, but it's still garbage. This is the album they should have released in 1993. This would have at it least would have made at least sense. fit yes. back in the 90s. Chronologically, yeah, you can accept this a little bit more if this had been done earlier. If Diamond Head released this in 1993 and they were playing a show with Soundgarden, Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Pearl Jam, I'm not saying I would have loved it, but it would have at least fit in with what was going on back yeah, then. It, totally. 2005, <clears throat> my only question would be, is this the album you guys were going to release before Sean came back in the band? I do wonder that. Yeah. Quite a bit because like I really think he was what was holding them back because this is at least a little bit more aggressive. I think it sucks ass, just so we're clear. Yeah, there was a no one's saying it's a good album, but I'm saying it's shit, it's still shit, but it's better shit than the shit shittier shit. If you're if we're comparing different types of shit, yes. Let's move on to the next type. What's in your fucking head? Shit. (laughs) It's just not good. Did you guys think that all will be revealed was too hard. Absolutely. It was just too much. It was much. melting my brain. Um, I, I was like, whoa, guys, we need to scale it back. Like, my face is melted. I was riding in the back seat, and Dan was like, dude, check it out. And I said, dude, can you please just turn the bass up? I'm sorry, that was Buddy, not you. Pull, pull <laughs> over. This is too hardcore for me. Somebody thought that. And I mean, got, sure. The, it got turned down, the volume. It's like, I had to turn it up. This is the only album I'd turn up to listen to. What's Again, funny, if this was released in the 90s, yep. I would have at least accepted it for what it sounds like. They're like 10 years, 7 to 10 years behind the times. This is interesting to me because it is better produced than All Will Be Revealed. Really, the only issue I have with it is that the, the shitty parts are really shitty. But then they, they've thrown in a couple of little diamonds where, no pun intended, <laughs> there's, a, there's a few glimmering moments where you're like, this used to be a metal band. There's hope. It's like waking up in the middle of a concert and being like, holy shit. When I woke up this morning, I thought I was going to a heavy metal concert. And then they played all this the horrible shit. And it, it was, maybe it was all a bad dream. Where is the metal? Where is the metal? But you start finding it a little bit here. Not much. You've still got an album that's basically like All Will Be Revealed, but it has a much more metal aesthetic. I still, th- I still think they're working their way up to the metal sound that they want wanted to do before. What's this fuck? It's like they had to go through all the eras they missed to release the music they wanted to release that he wouldn't let them, unfortunately. And you're 10 years behind. I just think the moments when they're not being metal on this album really hurt the moments where they are. So it washes it out as is an that album fair? that's not good. Is yeah. that fair? I mean, that's that's kind of how I feel about it. So what's an album that goes, meh? I don't think it's total shit like I thought uh, All Will Be Revealed was, but I do think that this album is them starting to figure it out. Like, did they maybe send out a questionnaire to all their fans? What do you exactly do you guys want us to do? And if that's really what happened, then the fans were like, we just want you guys to play, like, hard shit again. Could you just play metal, please? That's that's not too much to ask. I mean, you I mean, know. James Hetfield told me you guys were the greatest metal band ever, and, and I just, I'm not feeling that. Yeah, I had high hopes from your first two albums, and then you crushed my spirits as a teenage boy. Us metalheads, we're such wimps. We're so sensitive. We are, I am. I, I, I am. can't believe Diamond Head did this to me. I know, but but think of this band is is your is your true metalhead growing up in your your early teens, even preteens when they started listening to this shit. You love metal, 
Some of your metal bands are influenced by this band. They come out before. You go check them out. The first two albums are metal as fuck. And then you have years and years of this bullshit. Of course you're going to be disappointed. It sucks. It'd be impossible not to completely write the band off. I mean, I feel really fucking bad for the guy that bought the first record in 1980. And he's like, all right, yeah. here we go. So, you know, James Hetfield, that's who I feel yeah. bad for. But the guy that bought the album in 1980 is probably stuck in the 80s or the 90s. This probably well, we gotta appealed get him out. to that group. Get him, McFly. No, I, I get what you're saying, though, Joe. I mean, it, it is... He's that stuck in the 80s guy still thinks... It is going to appeal to him more than it's going to appeal to me. Is it, though? Yeah. Maybe This is little. 2007. If Maybe it wasn't metalcore, it was leftover new metal, and this isn't even that. No. no. This still sounds like early 90s metal. This was acceptable, though, because what's the key word? Metal. Yeah, I mean... God, the first track was so epic on that album, and they just fucking ruined yeah, it. Yeah, it just yeah. goes downhill from there. I and and mean, that's kind of the album for me. Is It's just... yeah. And aggressively shit. I agree. What's in your head? And it's like, yeah, every now and again I think about doing this face-melting metal song, and then... And then I don't. And then I'm just like, oh, but, you know, people actually like this hard rock stuff, said somebody once at a party, maybe. I heard a guy said he liked hard rock stuff, so I'm just going to do that. All right, Josh, we're going to play the 2016 edition of Name That Album Title. Bring it. Without looking at it, what was the name of Diamond Head's next release? Diamond Head. So you're sticking with Diamond Head. Show me Diamond Head. The answer is it's 2016. Every band put out a self-titled album, I think. And Diamond Head was no exception. In case you're wondering, I'm the one in the bikini opening up the suitcase. Bring. With the LP in it. Dan, it's Diamond Head. Dan, show me Diamond Head. I'm Vanna White. I'm, I'm happy with this. Oh, he was a beautiful Vanna White, too. Man, we oh. did. We, we really mixed uh, We really mixed. Let's Make a Deal with Wheel of Fortune there for a minute, didn't we? Actually, I was, go, I was actually going Fama Feud. Was what I was. Even better. Yeah, yeah. Show me show on that board. Show me yep. Diamond Head. I get to be Steve Harvey then. Oh, we're doing the modern Family Feud, not the classic? Yes. Correct. Whatever. This album is, again, it's not anything great. It's still kind of shitty, but they're progressing some. I, there's I disagree. A- I think this is way better than anything they've put out since Borrowed Time. This is the most 80s-sounding album I've heard in the 2010s. It's still not good, but it's better than previous albums. I told you, there's a progression. If I had listened to this... Each album's better than the previous. Before hearing Firepower... I would be excited that Diamond Head put out a classic-sounding album in 2016. It has been a battle amongst engineers. The Loudness War, MP3s, all this, it's not classic rock anymore. We need to change and adapt and move forward with distribution. In 2016, I would not have predicted that a band was going to release an album that sounds like 1983. Especially when Degent was the sound of everything, or it was becoming that. This album reminds me if it was Megadeth, but slowed down a lot. So Megadeth in the 90s. I like, I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking of uh, like Holy Wars or Hangar 18, but those riffs, like these riffs remind me of those riffs just slowed down a lot. I get a strong Zeppelin vibe off of this record. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of bluesy metal-ish. Rock sound. It's a good album. I think it's. I don't think it's. It's not great, but it's definitely promising considering the shit that they put out before it. What do you guys think of their new singer on this album, Rasmus Bomb Anderson? Well, you have to. That's metal as fuck right there. That name totally. alone. He's got You're some in. fucking pipes. He can. Yeah, he sounds good. He sounds metal. I'm buying it, and he sounds. He's in it. Like he's all in. He sounds more like Sean Harris. Yes, like without the bitch attitude. Yeah, exactly. I think uh, I think hearing him sing the old Diamond Head hits 
be, oh, yeah. it would be incredible. But I mean, just listen to this soloing and stuff. It does sound very Megadeth right yeah, now. It's, yeah, it's, it reminds me of a slow Megadeth. And uh, I think that's what makes it promising. It's, it's okay. You sound a little bit more like you maybe wanted to sound. It just took you, you know, fucking 50 years to get there. I think that there is some significance to them calling the album Diamond Head. Because since 1982, this is the very first most sincere approach to a Diamond Head release where they're like, all right, we're going to write some cool riffs. Yeah, they're not quite there. They're a little rusty yeah, at it, it but, but it's okay. There's a like, progression. You know where this is going now. I appreciate what they threw down for us on this record. And honestly, I'd have been fine with this in 2016 if there was nothing else. But oh boy, are we in for a treat, guys. Giggity. Who doesn't like the name of this next album? 2019. Coffin the Coffin Train. Train. Guys, they did it. <laughs> They fucking did it, guys. Yeah, now we sound thrashy again. They fucking did it. <laughs> Full circle. We're back to 1980 again. Oh, my God. Again. It only took, what, 40 years? Yeah. <laughs> redemption. Sweet redemption. It had to be that they were being told you couldn't do a modern heavy metal album. And then Judas Priest releases Firepower, and they rush to the studio and say, we're doing it, guys. We're going to do a modern heavy metal record. And here comes the coffin train in 2019. It this sounds to it. me like Lemmy from Motorhead is the conductor on the coffin train. Yeah, he's like, you know, this is how you fucking write a good metal album. The spirit of Lemmy has yeah. ascended on Diamond yeah. Head. They, they used some of those packs with Satan that they made yeah, earlier once, on. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they called up an old friend of theirs. We want to catch <laughs> these in. And he's like, okay, how long do you want Lemmy? We're like, oh, for the whole album. Can you just lend him for a little while? Like just for an hour. I like this album. I was excited that, for it. This is the record I listened to the most this week because it was just fucking good. It gives me a hard on, Joe. I was semi hard on when it started. I was full on erection at the end of it. I really enjoyed this record, and I'm not as big of a fan of the whole like new wave of British heavy metal. Poser. But holy shit, after hearing this and hearing Firepower, I'm like, okay, these bands definitely have some shit going on behind them. What are we going to call it in 2020 when bands that released records in the late 70s, early 80s bring back? the new wave of British heavy metal. Just call it metal. Why the fuck do we have to put a genre on it? New, fuck new. Yeah. Just metal. New, new wave of British heavy metal. See, that's my problem. We don't. Why do we have to label it? Can't we just call it metal? No. Hey, do you enjoy it? Then fucking listen to it. Who gives a shit what it's called? It's no, heavy metal, motherfuckers. You have to be able to distinguish between this and a band like, I don't know, fucking Napalm Death. Well, clearly there's a like fucking both, difference between the metal, two. But you, you guys, you guys in your, yeah, it's called metal up your ass. That's oh, what the genre's not, it's called. It's not us guys. It's just me. <laughs> like it's just it's fuck it's just it's metal it is good sounding metal this is great this is really aggressive it's the most upbeat diamond head album ever actually even even more upbeat than the classic albums upbeat but still gnarly heavy well the production quality Evil. is modern and so it sounds great this stuff hits way harder than it should without having to resort to a whole bunch of weird tricks to make it sound heavier than it is and this is something you can see in this time this isn't like shit that should have been released 15 years ago or 10 years ago. I can I listen to this, and this is an album that I see that I would 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 see or listen to now. Like this band is relevant, or this album's relevant now, as opposed to shit that sounds like it was should have been released in '94. I don't even think this is a throwback album. This is fresh as fuck. No, that's what I'm saying. It's something that's dated to now. Like this, you know, it's not anything that sounds like it should have been released beforehand. We've talked about it before. The end of 2018. Heavy metal's coming back. It's not going to be grindcore, degent, 
how much noise can you make with your face? How much compression and layering can you do on your eight-string guitars? Heavy metal's coming back. Joe, I'm going to be nice as I can. In but, your opinion. But as blunt as I can, metal never left, buddy. Okay? It never fucking went away. So how dare you say it came back? To be clear, Josh. Get out of here. Don't heavy even, metal. Don't ever. Cannot be killed. It has never gone away. No one can kill the metal. But it's back. It never left. It's always been there. Diamond Head has always been there. Who's there when you get up in the morning? Metal. Who's there when you go to bed at night? Metal. Final thoughts on Diamond Head. Dan. Diamond Head has always been there. They've always been your friend. But you know what sucks about friends? Sometimes your friends are real shitty. Except for me. Like whenever you're kids, you know, you guys have a lot of fun in the playground and, you know, you, you hang out, you high five each other. You play Ninja Turtles, you play street hockey and stuff. And then you get a little bit older and the friend's like, hey, can I have 10 bucks? And they're like, and you're like, yeah, sure, I'll do anything for my friend. And then they never give you the 10 bucks back. And then like, you know, you're supposed to hang out with them later on that day and they, they bail on you because, you know, they, they, they met some girl who they thought, you know, was better than you. And, you know, in a certain sense, they were probably right. But, you know, you still feel betrayed. You still feel hurt. And then, you know, you know, 20 years later, they, they you know, you guys become friends again. And, uh, and they're like, dude, why did I stop hanging out with you? That girl that I left you for? Not worth it even a little bit. That was oddly specific, Dan. I don't know who the fuck you're mentioning, but... Uh, oh, I was just making shit up. Very I don't know. generic, yeah. I assume that's what a shitty friendship is like. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had one of those before, Dan. Josh, what about you? <laughs> oh, Dan's right. This is a band that they've always, yeah, they've always been there. I mean, they influenced some pretty great bands from the early 80s who went on to be nothing short of phenomenal. They went through a rocky middle, so I just don't even count that middle part of their history. You just All you need is albums one and two, and this one here, 2019 album, Coffin Train. It's fantastic. Metal never goes away, Joe. Never. They've always been here. They'll always be here. You can't stop the metal. It's not uncommon for a band that was popular in the 80s to still exist in 2019. The only ones that are really paying attention tend to be the hardcore fans. I know about Diamond Head because James Hetfield is a huge fan. Even I was surprised when Def Leppard put out a new album. Except has been around releasing several albums, but Diamond Head wasn't on my radar. Now that the Coffin Train is out, I hope that it's not a fluke because Diamond Head is one of the biggest influencers of thrash metal. No matter how many times they misstepped in the 90s and the early 2000s, they were still the band that released Lightning to the Nations, and that record has given me some of my favorite Metallica songs. I don't think Diamond Head is for everyone, but if you're a fan of heavy metal, you need to be listening to The Coffin Train in 2019. Go back, listen to the classic albums. I don't know who the records in the middle are for. But even if you're not a fan of this, go back and listen to it anyway, because I told you to. Dan, what's your album of the week? No doubt, Cryptopsy, None So Vile. Josh, what about you? Journey's greatest fucking hits, guys. And that's no joke. I, I've been listening to it a lot of Journey. Who doesn't like Journey? I mean, seriously. Nobody? I'm disappointed. For me, it's Motorhead. Bad magic. I love that Motorhead was a band that never went away, never stopped doing exactly the same thing. And, and nobody gives like them shit for it. And Except for Dan. Every time. Dan hates Motorhead. And no one gives them shit for it. Oh, I do all the time. He's fucking wrong. It's going to be another Pantera situation all over again. Dan, how do we find out how to get in touch in the show? How to get in touch with us on the show? Yeah, I've always wondered, how do we find you guys? Well, Josh, there's a really easy way to do it. Josh sends us a text message. That's all you have to do. You can call me or text me. 
Oh, you mean for the listeners? Yeah, what if they want to get in touch? How do oh, we do okay. that? okay. Well, there's a lot of different ways they can get in touch. We have a Discord server. You can chat with us in real time on that. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes, and uh, you're there. You can find us on Facebook, on facebook.com slash discography discussion. We even have a Facebook group there. You can uh, ask to be in that group, and we'll let you in, probably. You can also tweet at us. Uh, I think that's what all the kids are doing these days at Discuss Metal. You can tweet at me and Joe personally at uh, Discuss Metal Joe or Discuss Metal Dan. And most of the time we respond to all that stuff, unless it's like something really weird or or if you're wrong. But if you're wrong, I won't be able to resist telling you that you're wrong. That sounds really easy, Dan. One of the top reasons to get a hold of us on the show is to tell us what bands you want us to talk about. A lot of the bands that we talk about are listener-suggested, so a lot of these bands I haven't even heard before, and it's a lot of fun to kind of get into them and see what makes them tick. We like to be a a discography discussion of the people for the people. Just me. True. And on that note, this has been episode 131 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Beer good. Diamond Head albums bad. Coffin Train Thrill Ride. <laughs>